This episode of the Empowered Parent Podcast is brought to you by the Replanted Conference. Replanted provides a time away for caregivers to be refreshed, equipped, and inspired. To register, visit replantedconference.org. You're listening to the Empowered Parent Podcast with Ryan and Kayla North, hosted by Chris Turner, a One Big Happy Home production. This podcast equips parents to empower their children and build healthy relationships throughout the home in order to see lasting change and thrive as a family. It's for families of all kinds, especially those who are parenting kids through adoption, foster care, kinship care, or in the process. The Empowered Parent Podcast is a developmentally informed, trauma-sensitive, connected parenting resource. To learn more, visit OneBigHappyHome.com. Greetings and welcome to another episode of the Empowered Parent Podcast. Joining me once again are Ryan and Kayla North. Hey guys. Hey Chris. Christopher. And how are we this lovely recording evening? Uh, hot. Yes. Stupid hot in Texas. Yeah, I, I was observing uh, before we started, before Ryan pressed the big record button, um, that in Globe, Arizona, where I have done some... Uh, some work with teenagers helping build houses on the Apache Reservation there. It's a whole 10 degrees cooler than it is here in DFW. And it's a dry today. heat. Oh. And you know what? There really is something to the whole dry heat. No, I, there, I agree. There really sure. is. You can't um, breathe, but <laughs> it's like opening the oven, but well, it's, not, it's not like draining. Well, see, like for me, with my allergies, going to the desert is like a blessing because... <laughs> There's nothing growing out there that makes me well. That's stop true up, too, right? Yeah. So I actually breathe better in the desert. But um, that could be the name of your album. Chris goes to the de- <laughs> going to the desert. Well, I didn't. You know, you always hear people say like the dry heat's better. And mm. I mean, I've always been in Texas. It's always been humid and mm-hmm. sticky and gross. And not as humid as not South as Louisiana. Hu- so yeah, like, not as humid as some other places. Oh my gosh, are we going to outgrieve each other? <laughs> well, <the> desert, <laughs> yeah. are. well, but I went to Arizona. So my grandparents lived in Arizona and I went out there to visit them. And when we were, we were outside and it was hot. It was like, it was March. So yeah. it wasn't like the summer even, mm. but it was like 90 degrees. I mean, it was hot but when you'd sit in the shade, it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. It was like we would sit under the canopy, and it was like, as long as you weren't standing in the sun with it baking down on you, mm-hmm. it wasn't that hot. And I was like, okay, now I understand what they mean. <laughs> like, I, it, I did never, like, I could not imagine it or fathom what that meant. But literally, it was like if you sat in the shade, it didn't yeah. feel 90 degrees. And I'm like, in Texas, you sit in the shade, and it feels 10 degrees hotter than it actually is. <laughs> Um, do you remember <gasps> the last episode that was published ahead of this one? Um, we had Kara on, on, and she at at the end reminded us of the weather. <laughs> oh yeah! Um, and so people actually text me what the weather is at their house. Nice, um, uh-huh. a fair amount, which is just rude. <laughs> <laughs> so please, everyone, keep doing that to Ryan. So, oh, so I literally goodness. just I, I ventured to stop responding last night. <laughs> You're like I can't um, handle that. But can't handle so our, knowing our mutual, it. Our mutual friend uh, Brent McKinney. Yes. Texted me and our other mutual friend, Mr. Nathan Lee, um, yesterday evening. Um, Brent uh, and his wife, Tracy, have recently relocated to Ames, Iowa for, okay. for, for work. He's uh, employed by a church there. And um, <clears throat> it was 47 degrees. Stop it. That's just rude. 
yeah, at I mean, like nine o'clock at night or whatever. I, no I had very unkind. Let's just say I did very unkind words. Uh, you would have to have zero empathy to, to to text the temperature to somebody in Texas if it's forty five at your house. Just to the point, because I want to talk about the weather at seven o'clock tonight here. As of the recording of this, it was one hundred and five. Yeah, yeah. At seven o'clock this evening, the sun was yeah. like almost completely down, and I was like. Why? It's so <laughs> Why is it hot. So hot? Like everybody turns into Chris Christopherson. Why me, Lord? <laughs> yes. it's, the, it's the location of, of Dallas Fort Worth. We, oh. we see that little confluence this of three different been, systems. This is the summer been, has been it's bad. Been brutal. And I it's knew it was going to be bad because we had such a pleasant spring. We actually had a spring this we year. We did actually have a spring. There, there are cycles, we're have though, a nice right? Winter yeah. too. We have yeah. a, bad, a hot summer. We have a. a, a um, well, uh, cold winter, and then if you have like a wet spring, you tend to have a mild summer. Yeah. And, Okay. Well, it was, it was a really pleasant spring, and I was like, "Yeah, summer's gonna be bad now. Oh, summer's gonna be brutal. bad." Because for those of you who don't live in North Texas, we usually, you know, for those of you who live in places where you actually have four distinct seasons, yeah. Here in North Texas, it's pretty much three weeks of winter, pre-summer, summer, and post-summer. Like there's there, there's right. there's no big demarcations. Yeah, a whole, yeah. A whole lot. It's, of time. it's it's the summer when the leaves fall off the trees. It's the summer <laughs> when it's really hot, and then there's the summer when the leaves grow back. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> And it's like, uh, for for instance, here just a quick example. Halloween. Halloween is completely hit or miss on how cold or hot it's going to be. My yes. kids have been dressed up for Halloweens in years past, where we had to take them out of their costumes because you know those cheap costumes that you buy at the stores are made from the worst polyester. Yes. Stuff that you possibly can can make that stuff out of. It's really hot. And and they're they're just sweating standing there yeah. at night. <laughs> but then we've had the other ones where it was like well, you they had had to bundle coats. up right. with their winter coats. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yeah, North Texas is a is a weird little place for, for Very weather. Strange weather. Yet like so many millions of people live here. I know. <laughs> yep. Well any anyhow, oh, um when when people ask me to explain how hot it is in Texas in the summer, I'm like, you know other places where people tend to go flip flops? or bare feet in the summer. You can't walk outside without shoes on in Texas. <laughs> like literally, if you walk from our Wearing front door to go get she, the mail, Kenneth's like, she puts her shoes on. I'm like, where are you going? Just to get the mail. I'm like, She's like, I don't want blisters on my... It is so hot. Yeah. So hot. You literally cannot go outside without your shoes on in Texas in yep. the summer. Yep. Well, now that we're going to get kicked, uh, you know, deported from North Texas for hating the weather... <laughs> What you got, Chris? Oh, you know what? I know what you got. But topically, I said, now that we can get kicked out of North Texas. <laughs> well, you did, you know, we're talking about kind of the seasons, and we are in the season. We're not quite officially in fall as of yet, because it's still earlier in September. Or summer when the leaves grow back, as we <laughs> right. previously established. Right. <laughs> it, it's still very much summer here, uh, but school has started. Mm. And uh, one thing that we've talked about, we've kind of mentioned a little bit in in uh, past episodes when we talked about uh, our kids in school, um, but we haven't really gone deep on is what we kind of call the double whammy. Yeah. And what I mean by that is a kid has uh, a big behavior that results in them getting in trouble at school, and then they come home, and either we already know about the big behavior or they have to tell us by way of the note they got sent home with them. Yep. And and then we get to, you know, pile on, so to speak. So I thought we maybe get a go a little deeper and address that. Yeah, I remember um like early on when like as a new ish parent. New ish. I guess maybe my kids had just started school or something. Mm. And I remember, you know, the 
so we homeschool our kids, but they've always been in some form of school where they've gone to a co-op or a yeah, some sort of hybrid model, some kind of a yeah. hybrid model. Yeah. It's never been a hundred percent at home. <clears throat> so there's always somebody, you know, reporting back on behaviors and things like that. But I remember um, this one mom, and we were talking, and she was saying stuff like, you know, my kid comes and gets in the car every day, and she said, and they hand me the note, and I can tell with the way they hand me the folder whether or not there's a smiley face or there's a sad <laughs> face on there. And she said, and I was trying really hard to, like, you know, every time they got in the car to you know, encourage them to have a smiley face. And so she said, so if they had a smiley face, I'd have like a a treat for them, like a little sucker or a little piece of candy or whatever. And she goes, and I noticed there were less and less smiley faces. And she said, and then she said, somebody encouraged me to stop rewarding or punishing, so to speak, Mm -hmm. the behavior at school and ask a completely different question when they got in the car, not even looking at that, not, you know, just have something you're doing as soon as school's over and and not having any kind of response to the smiley face or the sad face or whatever. And obviously these are little kids. Yeah. And and she goes, and all of a sudden there were more smiley faces than sad faces on the report. Mm. And she said, because I wasn't putting a lot of weight on it, there wasn't this like pressure to come home. Yeah. And like, oh gosh, I gotta tell mom I had a good day or I had a bad day or whatever. Mm. And um and that was kind of what started me down the path of of looking at like how do we respond when our kids have a bad day at school like yeah. should we you know i mean i was a classroom teacher so you know i remember telling you know all about bad days at school yeah <laughs> i mean i had kids that you know would have some pretty rough behaviors and and i i think initially i was like all right what are you doing at home <laughs> how are you going to stop this from happening mm-hmm. But over time, I think as I became a parent, as I got a little more, you know, seasoned as a teacher, I realized that whatever happened was happening at school, I needed to take care of at school in order to, you know, correct whatever behavior or whatever trajectory we were going on. I couldn't just rely on the parents at home to do something about it. They weren't there when it happened. Like, how are they supposed to do something about it, you know? And so I kind of, you know, over the years, probably the last 10 years, I've talked to so many parents and their kids come home and they're like, well, they got suspended. Now what do I do? Mm. You know, or they got detention. What do I do? And I'm like, well, you figure out what was going on and how can you support them so that it doesn't keep happening? So, you know, when Chris was asking his question before, before you, I like that seasoned uh, parent, right? Because that's the confluence of maybe I've got some experience, some wisdom that has come as a combination of experience and age. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking, why, like what drives the need for the double whammy? Mm. Like, right, so like why do parents look at the, get the little note from the school or they got an email from the teacher or however the school chooses to communicate those things, a telephone call. Yeah, that's calls like, from the that, principal's that, that's office. Like, that's like the worst one. Yeah. Because we, we go pick our, uh, we go pick Addie up uh, a couple of days a week early because she has therapy appointments. Mm. And, uh, and every single time I'm in there, there's somebody there's there. some parent who's, who's been kid. summoned <sighs> to come and get the kid. Now, the reason you get summoned is because then you get really talked up because you had to like tell your boss you had to leave yeah. or you had to stop what you were doing or whatever, right? 
So, so I understand how that factors in, but why do we, when we, when the the child is struggling at school, and particularly for the, the for for the, I mean, I get that there are people who are parents because they they had bio kids who listen to this, but still, the majority of people listen to us, foster and adoptive parents, right? Yeah. Why is it that we get so talked up and really think, oh no, what whatever the school did, um to address this issue is we're doubling down at home. Look, why is that? May I venture a guess? I was hoping. I have two guesses, actually. This is much better than me asking a question and having you stare at me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one, I think, is is a supermarket reaction, right? Like, it's we're embarrassed. It's embarrassing, yeah. It's embarrassing as a parent for your child to misbehave. Even though it's perfectly natural for it to happen, right? right. Do we forget? It's not like it doesn't happen at home. Right. It's not like we're like, oh, well, they're perfectly Wait. behaved at home. Yeah, but hold on. It's this, the, this ties in. Uh, yeah, the supermarket thing, right? Yeah. Just because right. other people see it. Right. Yes. Yeah. And answer number two kind of ties into that. It's almost like, okay, so you kind of know how your kid behaves at home because mm-hmm. you're with them at home repeatedly. You see, you see it, right? Right. But for some weird reason, I think a lot of us have this mental f- switch that we flip where we, our expectations are completely different where they're not other places, home, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, they're, like, it's the same kid. They're not necessarily going to behave any differently when they're not with you. Yeah. As a matter of fact, you know, t- t- for me, knowing how, what's, what's the polite way to say this? <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back to Chris in a minute while he workshops this in his head. <laughs> Knowing what little jerks, shall we say, my my boys can be to me and my wife at times, to have other adults come to me and tell me what wonderful, young, well-behaved, <laughs> uh, polite. M- polite young men we're raising, it's like, is it the same kid? Right? Are we like, looking at the same children? Oh my gosh! We're talking about you know this guy, right? And so I, I think sometimes that that's probably it, right? Like, to me, the, I guess those are the two that I would instantly go to if it was me, right? Yeah. Like I'm embarrassed, and then I probably did not have a realistic expectation on my kid's behavior outside the home, even though I know what their behavior is inside the home. Those are, really, those are two really good points, but it was some of the commentary in there that, that I was really intrigued by. Sure. <laughs> I'm sure No, um, because, because, because we kind of in, encountered this as a little bit today, mm. where this, like, your behavior outside of the home is much greater, better than your behavior inside of the home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I felt super justified in pointing that out, by the way. <laughs> um, and she didn't say, honey... Or come to me after so but she may have felt that I was justified in pointing that out <laughs> as well. But um, what if, what if the news there is that you've actually created an environment in the home where the children feel safe and they don't have to pretend? Right. Yeah. Because anybody who knows me knows that that like Carol Dweck should be sending me twenty five cents for every book she sells because <laughs> I recommend like reading mindset like to everybody. I'm like, there's two books you need to read, The Bible and Mindset, okay? Um, and um, and I think that you should read The Bible, then Mindset, and read The Bible again, because you'll read it differently after reading Mindset. Mm. Um, but she talks about how there's research and that on average, a child does something once every seven minutes that adult, an adult could correct. 
So the re- could correct. Yeah. So the research is that children behave misbehave once every seven minutes. I'm sure it's more than that, but I mean, <laughs> right? Depends I mean, on the kid, right? That's on average, yeah. Yeah, that's your average. It's your average kid, which which is that's the average, yeah. Which means there's a lot of kids out there. It's probably one every three minutes, two or three minutes. Yeah, no, I get it, right? Yeah, Ooh. I get it, right? But but here's the thing about that: parents forget two things. Parents forget that the kids are kids, mm-hmm. right? And and the kids don't have the cognitive capacity or the lived experience, or I figured out how to play the game, or whatever, right? Number one, that's number one thing we forget. Since you, you raised two points, I'll raise two as well. Okay. You better think of two points, because we're okay. doing it by twos. Sounds good. Two by two. Um, number one, we forget that children will very frequently act like children. Which, uh, uh, another podcast host, who I'm not going to name so we don't get hate mail, um, once remarked about children, especially boys, is that... They're like little Vikings who are constantly going around pillaging and plundering. And it's our job as parents to tamp that down slowly over time as they mature to turn them into, you know, proper young gentlemen. Because at the end, because at the end of the day, parenting is about, about taking the child and saying, okay, Lord, I'm floored that you trust me <laughs> to, 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 bring, to help bring the potential out of this human. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean that 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 at the end of the end of the day, right, is 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 a big is a big part about parenting. And so, num- number one, um, we sometimes forget that kids will act like kids. Yeah. yeah. Let me try that again. We often forget that kids will act like kids. Yeah. And number two, we have wiped our memories clean of how we acted as children. <laughs> Of course. Because in the memory bank, I was like, I would never. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, you probably did. <laughs> you got a lot of trouble for being mouthy when you were young, son. I was going to say, I, I remember the days of, you know, the little, you know, six-week or nine-week report card things that would come home in your folder. And, and you would get the little, there was like this space where each of the teachers could like write a little comment, right? And they had like oh, little, Lord. they had like little pre-chosen comments that they could put on the little thing right so it was like a joy to teach or um <laughs> i mean i got that a few times right saying not from the look on um, <laughs> but the one i probably got the most frequently was talks too much in class <laughs> um no. and that was and it would be on the bottom of your little your little report would be the teachers would would decide which of those things right you know and that's that's it like Kids being kids, right? You know, they're talkative, they're chatty, they want to do stuff. Yes, we're learning, we're, we're learning, we're teaching them how to talk at appropriate times, how to, you know, push back when it's appropriate and, mm. and, and to hold your tongue when it's not appropriate and to wait until a private moment to have a certain conversation versus having it in front of the whole class and those kinds of things. Because school's a learning ground, right? Yeah. So I think, you know, as, you know, the back to your original question, why do we feel the need to come down so hard on them? I think, you know, my first instinct is, yeah, it's kind of like the grocery store thing. It's kind of like, oh my gosh, I need these, I need the teachers in the school to think that I'm a good parent. Mm-hmm. And I think that a the good... embarrassment thing, right? Yeah, and I think that a good parent 
make sure their kids don't misbehave. I think that is kind of what's ingrained in us as, you know, as we've, you know, in adulthood, you know, it's like people say, oh, you're a good parent if your kids don't misbehave, yeah. right? Which There are no good parents. Which, then. yeah, I was going to say, I, I don't think that's a really good representation. That's the yardstick. There are no good parents. But that's what we, I think that's what we're ingrained to believe. I would say that if your kid's probably not misbehaving, you are parenting wrong, right? Yeah. Like, 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 what's happening? Why are that's going to be such a, a repressive, oppressive, yeah, yeah, sort of environment that. if your kid's not behaving? I hadn't thought about right? that. Yeah, but I think so. I think it's it's we want to be viewed as a good parent. So it's the embarrassment, but even more than that, it's it it's a deeper like I want people to think I'm a good parent. You know, mm. like I know you know when I when I'm packing lunch for our kiddo that's in public school. When I pack her lunch, I'm thinking about like you know, I want it to be nutritious and I want it to be something she'll eat. And then I think, you know, when we get to those days where there's like literally nothing in there, I'm thinking, what are they going to think if I send this like, you know, random stuff? Because that's all or, I have. What, what yeah. if we sent the leftover mixed vegetables from dinner on Monday and on Tuesday? And on Tuesday, right. Are they going to think I'm a bad parent? Like I don't, I, I don't. I, that happened last week and I thought that. Yes. I mean, you you have these thoughts because you don't or maybe know. she just really likes to mix veggies. Right, exactly. And Daddy but cooked I, them on the flat top, so of course. But I, she's a fan of my cooking. I do think, though, that, that some of it is it's what we think we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Mm, and oh my gosh. as a parent, That's we a whole think... That's episode right there. It is. <laughs> well, I think we think... I have to support the teacher. You know, mm-hmm. I, I remember um, as a teacher, I remember saying to the parents at orientation one time, I'll only believe half of what your kid comes to school saying about you if you'll only believe half of what they come home saying about me. <laughs> Can we just like meet in the middle, right? right? Because we know that we have to be a partnership. And I know they're going to come to school and I would have kids that would come to school and, and, and say stuff and I'm thinking, I'm sure that's not exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure there's another side to the story because as a parent, I realize that my kids definitely push push things in their own favor when mm-hmm. they're telling the story, right? What everybody does. Everybody though, does. To be fair to them, right? You're always, yeah. you're, you. that's what Mark Twain. You're the hero. When Mark Twain said there's... Your side, my side, and the truth. Like every story has three sides. <laughs> right, exactly. So I would always say to the parents, you know, like, hey, I'm going to believe half of what your kid says about you and your family if you'll believe half of what, what they say here because there's always two sides and all that kind of stuff. And so I feel like we go into the year and it's like, oh, we have to have this partnership with the school. And so we feel like our only option to partner with them is to then punish the kids for doing bad at school. Mm-hmm. But I feel think that our we have to shift it and it can't be that we say partnering with a school is punishing our kids because mm-hmm. I don't think those go hand in hand. I think partnering with a school is helping our kid get to a place where those behaviors are not a problem at school. Right. And that's going to be a totally different thing than punishing them because right. when I say, oh, my kid got suspended from school, so now you um, are grounded for a month, you know, what have I done? I haven't taught my kid anything yeah. in that moment. I've just punished them again. I think this goes back to something we've talked about in the past. We've done episodes about consequences in that a lot of times with behaviors, there's a natural consequence involved Right. that really there's no need for us to add on any additional punishment, even though we feel obligated to for right. whatever reasons, you know, the way we were raised, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, and I think 
it's the same kind of thing here, right? Like there's a natural consequence because the school has rules. And when the rules are broken, this is what happens. Right. right? So there's a school imposed consequence. I don't right. have to come in and add on an additional thing. Right. I'm not marching up to the school saying like, I'm not marching up to the school going, you can't suspend my kid. <laughs> right. right. Like, I'm so sorry that happened, buddy. That's really tough. Yeah. You know, Perfect. I'm not going to, I'm not going to look at the, you know, school and say, you know, there are times when the school is overly punitive yes. and I'm going to yeah. go to bat, right? I'm going to go to bat for my kid if I feel like the school's being overly punitive. But if the school rule says if you punch a teacher, you're suspended for two days, then I'm not going to go, well, I mean, he was a little dysregulated. <laughs> no, I get it. The yeah. school rule is you're going to punch, the teacher probably needs him to be gone for a couple of days just yeah. to cool down anyways, right? But I can say... Man, that must have been you. You had a really hard day. I mean, it's not okay to punch your teacher. So let's figure out how we can make sure that doesn't happen again. Right. Uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode as we continue this conversation. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Empowered Parent Podcast. If you have any questions or topics you'd like us to discuss in the podcast, you can email us at podcast.onebighappyhome.com. Please like and share the podcast with your friends and family, and you can find us on your favorite social platforms by searching for One Big Happy Home. Thanks for listening.